welcome to the Global Band Room, a podcast that brings you stories, news and great guests from across the world of wind, brass and marching band. My name is Keith Kelly and I'm a band director and musician from the west coast of Ireland. Each episode I sit down with band musicians and directors from across the world to talk about their stories, their bands, the lessons they've been given and the lessons that they give and how they're making an impact on their bands and communities. Before we start, you can find out more about the podcast and the people and stories that we feature over at bandsofireland.com forward slash the global band room. And you can also find us on Facebook and Instagram at the global band room. And now on with the show. You are very welcome back to the Global Band Room. Uh, my name is Keith Kelly, and later on this episode, I am going to be interviewing uh, Jimmy Wong from Malaysia. Jimmy and myself met back in Rashtida in Germany in 2019, and Jimmy works as a judge and a festival organizer across the world and has many different festivals in Asia that he organizes too. So really interesting interview, a very different perspective on the global band world right now at the moment, and uh, that'll be coming up later on in the episode. But before that uh, some news from around the global band room so firstly the weekly schedule for the podcast and the live stream is going to be changing to a monday wednesday and friday i know up until now i've been putting these out daily and what i want to try and do is get the best guests that i can i want to put a bit of production into it and just make these podcasts well worth listening to so i'm going to be uh, doing the podcast releasing the podcast on a monday wednesday and friday the live streams will uh, continue to happen on facebook roughly around those same days but uh, depending on the guest if i need to interview them on the tuesday or friday um or the thursday should i say I'll, I'll do that so just keep watching the facebook page if you're interested in watching the live streams and if you can catch it great um head over to facebook and go to the global band room we have a group where you can interact and we also have the facebook page where we do the live streams so in other news around the band world um friends of the podcast the lone star wind orchestra have just opened up for submissions to their river shannon julie Giroux project um this project is in conjunction with the lone star youth wins so there's a special emphasis on musicians from the age of 13 to 19 to record for this project but it is open to musicians all across the world of all ages and the piece is really beautiful you can hear the the midi file when you go over to register register then as well so i'm really looking forward to hearing what the final project is like submissions are open for that from april 25th until may 4th and then the final production of that the final premiere of that will be on facebook on may 8th then and if you've already recorded yourself for their Stars and Stripes project, that's going to be released on May 1st. So head over to lswo.com to find out more information, or you can uh, head over to bandsofireland.com and find out more information about it there too. Now, we're big fans of uh, the marching arts and big supporters of the marching arts here on the podcast. And I've had many guests from the marching world um, on over the last few weeks, uh, including John Phillips from uh, DCI and on this podcast, obviously, then as well with Jimmy Wong from Malaysia. Um, there's been a number of projects that have been run. River City Rhythm have run a nice project. And I know the Colts did a project for their own students as well. But an interesting one has just been announced and is making the rounds on 
online. Uh, it's called Virtual Drum and Bugle Corps, and it's open to all of the participants or all of the uh, qualified participants for the drum corps season this year, as well as musicians from across the world. Now, uh, it is right now at the moment open to brass, percussion, and uh, guard members, so there is a visual aspect to this as well. Now, this is an auditioned corps. And you will be expected to make a submission, an audition submission before June 1st, if you'd like to be included in, in that. So you can head over to bandsofireland.com forward slash the global band room to find out more about that. And you can read about it in the show notes and get links to the audition packet in the show notes then as well. A quick mention of the Con Selmer Institute. I mentioned before that they have the online institute happening on June 8th and 9th with guest clinicians and workshops and masterclasses happening over the course of two days from some of the world's best uh, educators and performers. The early uh, bird rate for that is $129 and that's up until the end of April. After that, it'll rise to $159 and there is a discount of 25% for international guests then as well. So do head over to our website, again, bandsofireland.com forward slash the global band room and there's loads of information over there for that then as well. Last piece of news before we um, head over to the interview is that uh, for any of our musicians that recorded for the Bands of Ireland project, the Ireland's Call Virtual Band project, we have just um, announced today that the premiere of that is going to happen on Friday, this Friday, May 1st, and it will happen on Ireland's very famous The Late Late Show. It's the longest, for any, for any international guests that are listening, The Late Late Show is actually the longest running chat show in the world, and it's sort of a cultural phenomenon here in Ireland. Uh, people love it, people hate it people love to hate it uh, but it's a hugely popular show on a friday evening hosted by ryan tuberty and the songwriter of ireland's call will actually be interviewed by ryan on friday night and will be speaking on behalf of all of the musicians and singers that have taken part in the project and uh, really looking forward to it so if you are able to watch that if you're here in ireland and you're able to watch it we'll see that you you'll be able to watch it on friday night if not we'll be sending links to it and we'll also be posting it on the bands of ireland page and on the sing ireland page on friday night then to correspond with that premiere too so there'll be no shortage of being able to see the premiere um so really looking forward to that it's, it looks as i've said before it looks and sounds amazing and um it's going to be great to see Okay, so with all of the news out of the way, we'll head over to the interview with Jimmy Wong. Jimmy and myself met in Rashida in 2019, and he is doing a huge amount of work for the marching arts in Asia and travels the world as a judge and clinician. And he was a super interesting guy to be able to have here on the podcast and to be able to interview him. So over to the interview with Jimmy Wong. Hi everyone and welcome to the Global Band Room. I'm delighted today to be joined by a friend and colleague, uh, Jimmy Wong from Malaysia. Jimmy, hi, how are you? Hey Keith, I'm good. <laughs> Just <laughs> feeling bored with a lockdown, you know? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, yeah. But, uh, yeah, I'm doing well. Yeah. How about you? Not bad, yeah. I, you know, I've I've talked to quite a few people over the last couple of weeks, and it's amazing to have a crisis like this that is, whether you're in Malaysia or I've been speaking to people in the US quite a bit or in Europe, we're like we're all in exactly the same situation. Um, I've certainly in my lifetime, there's no, I've never seen something like this where we've where we've all been in um such a similar situation in, in every corner of the world. This is. 
uh, something really new to everybody. Yeah. I met you for the first time in Rishtida in Germany, um, but the two of us had actually chatted a little bit before that via Facebook Messenger and um, through mutual friends. And um, we ended up sp- spending a day in Bremen together while we were both waiting on our planes. Yeah. And I just I have really yeah. fond memories of that day. That was a really that was a really yeah. nice day. Uh, and it was a great event then as well. Unfortunately, we can't go there again this year. <laughs> no, no. Jimmy, just to give a little bit of background to your 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 own career, um, I know you're a very fine band director, clinician, judge, um, festival uh, organizer as well. But uh, maybe to ju- just to go back to the beginning a little bit um, to talk about sort of how you grew up in bands and, and therefore like so how bands look um, at home for you then. Yeah. Sure. Uh, well, I first joined the band in when I joined the secondary school here in Malaysia. I played the uh, E flat clarinet. Uh, at that time, I think it was 1977. Um, most of the bands here are quite military, uh, British style kind of uh, marching bands. You know, the old school military style marching bands. Right. You know, and is, so, that, is that part of the history of uh, similar similar to ourselves? I mean, a lot of the yeah, yeah. influence of bands here is because of the British Army that, were, that was in Ireland. Correct. Yeah. So it'd yeah. be similar in Malaysia. Yeah, correct. Yeah. So and, uh, I was in the band there for seven years. And when I left school, I continued to teach that school band, uh, even though I am studying uh, overseas uh, in the USA, in, in Illinois. Mm-hmm. So, uh, Whereabouts in the, Illinois were you, uh, Jimmy? And uh, I was at there the too? Southern Illinois University in Carbondale. Mm. They, they yeah, have a good marching I, I, band there, don't they? Yeah, the Marching Salukis. Yeah, that's right, yeah. And so you, you were part of that band? and Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, yeah. yeah, you, were, yeah. you were part of the band there? Yep. And... Um, that also uh, made me watch American football as well. <laughs> nice. And you st- do you still watch it? Uh, occasionally. Okay. <laughs> nice. Yeah, I, I did watch the foot the Super Bowl this year. <laughs> well, I, I mean, at least we got the Super Bowl in so far. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. How many years were you with the Victoria Institution Cadet Corps? Well, I think it was more than thirty years already. Yeah. Oh well. Yeah. And was so, that? The- was that the group that you had grown up with? Yeah, I grew nice. up with them, and then after school, I uh, after I left school, I taught them um, as a part timer. Actually, I was never a full time teacher there because I'm okay. actually uh, in the computer profession. Mm-hmm. <laughs> nice. And and tell me, so would you be would be would you be similar to a lot of band directors then over there where you? Um, you teach band, but then you're also kind of working a day job then, um, similar to how it would be in Europe. Yeah. Um, well, at that time in Malaysia, I think there were not many band instructors. You know, nobody, none of the band instructors ever worked full-time. At, and were they uh, now? Now, yes. Okay. Quite a number are working full-time as band instructors. And so what do, what do bands look like in Malaysia? Do they, is, is there... Is there a strong concert band scene? Is there a strong marching band scene? Is one stronger than the other? Um, I would say it's pretty... I think the concert band scene is 
it could be a bit stronger than a marching band. There are, there are more schools with concert bands than marching bands. And drum corps in Malaysia, would that be a big thing? Uh, well, there, I don't think there are any drum corps in Malaysia, okay. even though most of the marching bands that, you know, that do some drum corps stuff, they, they follow okay. the style of the marching and things like that, you know, but there, of course, there are no drum corps here. Um, mm. All the marching bands here belongs to schools. Um, they, I don't think there's any community bands here. Even the, con- band. even the concert band scene? Concert band, there, there are community concert okay. bands, but not community marching bands. So, and what about co- at college level? Would there be many college bands? Concert bands, yes. Marching concert. bands, uh, not many. So that few. would nearly be exclusively yeah. high school sort of age. Yeah, yeah. So tell me, you then started working with many other countries. Um, so you, you've developed festivals uh, in Malaysia and elsewhere then as well. Tell me a little yeah. bit how you started doing that, why you started yeah. doing that, and where um, you've worked. Well, when I was with the Victoria Institution Cadet Corps Band, um, we joined the, our first overseas uh, festival in Sydney, Australia. Um, I think that event was organized by Oliver Schofield, I think one of our mutual friends. Yeah, I know Oliver well. Yeah, he's a great guy. Yeah, Oliver, I have not seen him for some time. <laughs> I'll tell him you said hello. <laughs> yeah, sure. Okay, so yeah, so after that event, uh, and every two years maybe, uh, I bring my band VI uh, to overseas performances and competitions uh, to Calgary, to Japan, Italy. Uh, also, the World Music Contest in Holland, Shanghai, mm-hmm. yeah, about almost every two years we go overseas. Yeah, so from this um, overseas trip, I began to get involved with Wamsby, World Association of Marching Show Bands, mm-hmm. and it opened my eyes to the various forms and stars of all the different uh, bands in the world. Mm-hmm. And then um, back in uh, 2007, uh, you know, I, I realized that the, the local band competition is quite restrictive to the development of the bands uh, in Malaysia uh, because they don't allow color guards, they don't allow pit percussion. And, uh, a lot of so so the, it, it was just a moving traditional, almost military style marching band. Is that is that what it was? Yeah, or, yeah. yeah, yeah, yeah. So, uh, but because... Uh, my band is, has already competed overseas quite a number of times, and we are moving into the modern show bands uh, mm-hmm. style. Uh, so at, in 2007, myself uh, plus a few of my former band mates decided to do our own international competition for the first time. Yeah, So we call it the Kuala Lumpur World Marching Band Championship, uh, okay. sanctioned by WAMSPI. And yeah, and that's how it began. 2007 and then we continue in 2008 uh, after that I also consulted uh, and organized uh, international competitions in uh, Thailand Indonesia Hong Kong and Taiwan and uh, from this all this involvement with the international competitions I also got involved teaching some of the bands outside of Malaysia mainly mm-hmm. in Hong Kong China and uh, Taiwan and that's you're still doing that to this day yeah and and you've I think it was 2011 that the Wamsby World Championships was held in Malaysia. Is that right? 
Yeah, uh, we have hosted it twice, uh, twice, 2011 okay. and 2016. So how many many bands would attend on an annual on an annual basis on a festival like that? And then how much bigger were the World Championships? Um, ups and downs. Um, okay. Initially, the first international competition we had it was, uh, I think, only about nine or ten bands. And then the second one we had, we have uh, close to about 20 or 20 plus. And then, then the 2009, it goes down back to uh, less than 20 bands. And for the World Championship, I think there were about 30 bands. 30 so bands. Would, aside from your own um, festival then, marching bands in Malaysia, what sort of events would they tend to get involved in? Obviously, in Ireland, everyone knows that the bands get involved in St. Patrick's Day parades or they play at local um, uh, Gaelic football matches. Um what apart from apart from your festival is there other competitions is that do they play at sporting events is there many parades that they get involved in yeah what yeah. sort of events would they take part in well the the annual event will be the national day parade and when's that um 31st august and what is what is that national so, day is that a, is that a day is, is that like a a day representing a particular day of liberation of malaysia or is it yeah um, yeah independence from the british <laughs> <laughs> we all have one of those i think <laughs> what festivals are you currently involved in organizing jimmy well um, not, that, not the, that there's any festivals happening this year of course but <laughs> well, for the past three years i've been doing the asia junior marching band uh, championship uh, this year actually we we wanted to do the uh, the malaysia international marching arts championship uh, but unfortunately, we <laughs> it has to be postponed. And and what would the fo- what would the focus have been on that particular championship? Um, so marching arts as opposed to marching band. Um, what's the uh, actually that is trend nowadays? You know, it's actually the same thing. <laughs> okay. <laughs> but, but like, what is it? Was it more? Was it more? Because we, we will involve other... like, instead of just marching bands, we will have color guards, uh, yeah. individual and ensemble uh, playing for, for the you know percussion, uh, smaller groups. Then we have the the, the drum battle, of course, mm-hmm. and then the brass battle as well. Has has drum battle taken off in in Malaysia? Yeah, we were the first one who did it in two thousand seven. So I believe, actually, I was only talking to um, John Denovi uh, about this the other day, and I think he was saying that himself and Keith Bearden and I think maybe John Phillips, who I'm actually chat- chatting to later on tonight. Um, I think they were saying that uh, they, they were inspired when they when they went over there. So so tell me, do, does does every band have a or at least aspire to have a drum line then as well? Uh, yeah, basically, that that is the easiest thing for them to start off with. So having a drum battle is, uh, you know, is. It's easier to get the, the participants to join the drum battle because uh, that's in terms of cost, it's also lower than bringing the whole band. Oh. Right. Yeah, and and I suppose the equipment can be found um, relatively easy. Like um, obviously the top yeah. the top equipment can be very expensive, but um, yeah. you can kind yeah. of start a drum line off pretty um, cheaply with with uh, yes. secondhand equipment if you need to. There's a lot yeah. a lot of, yeah. lot of drum yeah. equipment kicking around. And tell me, tell me a little bit more about, about about your work in China, Jimmy. What is band part of, of of schools there? Is it something that's just starting to take off? Is it something that has always been part of what they do in schools? Yeah, I actually, kn- it, yeah, it has been there for for a long, long time. Um, okay. 
I, I will say almost every school in China do have a band and they do have budget to buy instruments from the government. Um, of course, the, the, the first step was the, what they call the Young Pioneers Drum and Bugle Band. Okay. You know, there there there's something like the fanfarons of you know just mm-hmm. drum and bugles. Just just drums and bugles. Okay. Yeah, there are a lot of those bands around in China, and there still are. And 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 so they're very like the the fanfare and zoogs in 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 um in in Germany for anyone that doesn't know them it's it's just bugles and drums and, and I mean you know yeah. which is which is the name of of like drum corps it's dr- drum and bugle yes. corps but it's really the traditional that's not, drum corps yeah yeah it's it's there's there's no lower brass whatsoever there's a there's sort yeah. of a, a a very unique sound to them I know we were meant to have uh, fanfare and zoog Potsdam. Uh, over in Ireland this year um, and it doesn't look like that's probably going to happen now but we're looking forward to having them next year there's a huge tradition of that in Germany as well it's interesting yeah. that 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 we there's a sim- that similar style in China has has one influenced yeah. the other do you know or is it has it been sort of a parallel mm, evolution I don't think that uh, it's influenced from each other they, they just mm. have it there yeah. also in Vietnam Vietnam also has a lot of these uh, drum and bugle bands Huh. And and concert band and and military style band bands would they be starting to um, get more popular in schools? Yes, they they are very popular nowadays. Um, but on the other hand, there are still a lot of these drum and bugles. Uh, a lot of band instructors in China are trying to move them over to become uh, marching bands or concert bands. But uh, but then you know the cost comes into play, so. Mm-hmm. A lot of the schools, they don't have the money to buy the other instruments. So they just say, OK, let's just have the drums and the bugle. <laughs> and and that, you, you would imagine that maybe like um, the, the next evolution for a lot of those would be to more modern drum corps then. I mean, is, is modern drum corps something that's taking off in China whatsoever? Uh, I wouldn't say that it is taking off. OK, I think much, marching bands will be the easier uh, transformation for them because okay. a lot of them also plays uh, clarinet, saxophones, a lot of, they have a lot of music teachers there. Uh, drum corps, uh, well, they, they might call themselves drum corps, but they're not right. true drum corps. <laughs> <laughs> right, yeah. This, as, in, this... as, in, as in the USA, you know. Yeah. yeah I, mean, would, it, I would it, say it... they are actually marching bands. Right. Okay, it is interesting to see um, sort of the influence that that Drum Corps International has had on the marching band activity around the world, though, um, because even though these groups may be marching bands, they may call themselves Drum Corps or they may look to DCI and be influenced in the type of shows that DCI are putting together then. And and, uh, it's just been interesting to kind of watch that evolution and how quickly it has influenced uh, people and bands and instructors in recent years. So, Jimmy, you're in addition to those festivals, you're also working as a judge fairly regularly with Walmsby. Where have you judged in recent years? I think the most recent <laughs> one was in, in, in Rusty. <laughs> right. Was that the last time you judged? Yeah, yeah, okay. yeah. You've been too busy organizing your own festivals. To, well, after Rusty, I was supposed to judge in Colombia last year, last mm. November. <laughs> I ran into some problem with the visa i didn't know they need a visa to go to colombia so mm. yeah so didn't make that trip <laughs> and, it, and it doesn't look like there'll be any 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 judging this year then yeah All right. well 
tell me your I have John Phillips on um later on this evening. We're going to be just talking a little bit about judging um with uh, DCI and, and 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 sort of the philosophy of judging with DCI. Um I'd like to maybe just touch a little bit on the Wamsby judging model with you. A lot oh. of people have heard me talking about Wamsby. Anyone that has listened to um any of the live streams or podcasts or anything they've heard me talk about Wamsby and um but they may not exa- exactly know what Wamsby does and essentially it's trying to set a one world judging system for marching show bands in place and i know you've been part of helping to kind of uh, formulate some of this and certainly part of um um uh, doing the practical judging of it then as well tell me a little bit about the uh, about how Wamsby judges um uh, marching band events um, well, I, I was impressed with the Wamsby system when I first uh, participated in their event in the year 2000, the World Championship in Calgary, uh, and then in 2003 as well in uh, Italy, Monza. And uh, besides that, I also uh, visited some other band festival the competition sanctioned by Wamsby and what I find that is the consistency and transparency of the Wamsby judging system that that was what impressed me mm-hmm. you know so when I see a band um, who competed let's say in Belgium on, on one weekend and then the following one or two weekends the same band competed in uh, Italy with a different set of Wamsby judges where the scores were almost identical that's 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 it's almost hard yeah. to believe i mean not that i'm doubting yeah you, so, so but that's, that's it's, how but that's it's, a, it's that's quite consistent mm. you know so whether it's it's me judging or or another one's be just judging it's, it's consistent mm-hmm. and tell me so for anyone that doesn't know how many judges uh, are used for wamsby and what categories are they judging um well uh last time it used to be four captions but now we have uh, simplified it to three captions mm-hmm. which is uh, music visual and general effect. So any event that is sanctioned by one people will need a minimum of three judges. And w- w- is there any correlation between the reduced number of judges and that sort of consistency then, do you think? I don't think so. I don't think it's the number of judges that matters, but more of the experience of the judges. And so, so Wamsby judges, they go through uh, quite a bit of training and uh, they need to have quite a bit of experience before they're allowed to judge yes. at an event, do they? Yes, uh, yes. and I think, uh, I think most of us have the uh, opportunity to see a variety of bands, the different styles and different culture of bands, you know. So that enables us to be able to judge in the different countries with the different styles and uh, you know accept them as they are. Well, for anyone that's trying to find out a little bit more about Wamsby, wamsby.org, W-A-M-S-B.org, um, has a lot of information. It's definitely worth checking out and uh, finding out a little bit more about it. Um, Jimmy, where can people find out a little bit more about your work or if they wanted to, to touch base with you, where, where can people do that? On Facebook. <laughs> Facebook. <laughs> well, listen, Jimmy, it's been great having you. And um, how how are things? I did. I don't think I asked on the interview. How how are things in Malaysia um, right now at the moment? Well, at the moment, there are no training. There are no events. 
um, I think many of my uh, in, instructor friends are doing online training for their students uh, and then keeping themselves busy doing online videos, you know, video collages. Mm-hmm. I think <laughs> the next thing stuff. we have to try to figure yeah. out is how to do online marching band somehow. Uh, well, that is <laughs> something that I already have in mind. Ah. I'm just waiting for uh, I'm just waiting for somebody to. To, to give me the, the, the sample video that I've asked him to prepare mm. and then after that I'm going to uh, present it to Wamsby <laughs> okay well listen that well that's definitely if anyone if anyone's still uh still trying to trying to find out more about what Jimmy's up to I think it sounds like there's going to be something um announced yeah. pretty soon and Jimmy listen thanks so much for for your time and um keep safe and keep well and uh give everyone my best wishes yeah, thanks, Keith, and uh, thanks for the interview, and uh, I hope you keep yourself safe as well. Yep. Thanks, thanks Jimmy. Bye-bye. So a big thank you to Jimmy for coming along to the podcast. Um, if you'd like to find out more about Jimmy's work, you can head over to bandsofireland.com forward slash the global band room. Now, we're also on Facebook. You can head over to Facebook and join our global band room group, or you can just follow our Facebook page at the global band room. And you can also find us on Instagram at the global band room as well. Thank you for downloading the podcast. Thank you for listening. Keep sharing it with your friends, your family and your band buddies. And I'll see you next time back in the band room.